Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to your Enneagram Coach, the podcast. I'm Beth McCord, and I am with... Jeff. Jeff McCord. Um, and we also have our team, not all of them, but definitely some really key players on the YAC team. And we've got some really fun things for you today. But before I go there, I want you to remember that you can actually watch this on YouTube. So head over to YouTube, go to our YouTube channel at Your Enneagram Coach. Uh, so you can see all of us and the fun interactions that we have um, also, don't forget, we have a new book, More Than Your Number, that's out. And we are really enjoying hearing how so many people are benefiting from learning about Enneagram internal profile. Now, if you don't know what that is, go back to episode 112, and we will describe that all there. But in this uh, episode, we're going to take a dive into a wonderful movie called Encanto. And we're actually doing a series on Pixar and Disney movies and just kind of pulling it apart, whether uh, typing the characters the best that we can or having fun conversations about the themes of that movie. So this one's on Encanto, and we're not only going to just talk about our hypothesis of their types, which that's all it can be because we can't have a conversation with either <laughs> these characters or their writers. So we're just guessing, and we're going to have a fun time doing that together as a team. Um, but then at the end, we're going to bring this all together of what is it like to use the Enneagram within our family, and how does it impact us? So let's start off with uh, describing who on our team is here. So first, we've got Abby. Abby, why don't you introduce yourself to the team and what role you play at YEC? Yeah. Hi, I'm Abby, and I am a type six, and I work Jeez. Right now, I'm currently <laughs> serving as Beth's EA, but I also help manage our customer experience and I work uh, in operations as well. Yes, you are pretty much everywhere all the time. And we are so thankful because you will see all the things and make sure that things are put together and restored and fixed. Uh, so we are so thankful for you. Uh, Jessica, why don't you go ahead and tell us about you? Hi, so my name is Jessica. I am the Customer and Community Support Coordinator here at YEC. Uh, so if you email info at your Enneagram coach, I'll probably be the one that responds. Um, yeah. And then I am an Enneagram 2 with a very strong one wing. Yes. And uh, Nate, let's go ahead with you. Yeah, oh, and by the way, about fun, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, quiz point, quiz fact. question, fact, fun fact about Jessica. Of all the members on our team, um, Jessica is by far the one who owns the most Enneagram books. Yes. Now, where do you at? To be honest, I lost track, but I think I'm at about 120. Wow. That's amazing. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. All right, Nate, tell us about you. Yeah. uh, I'm Nate McCord, Beth and Jess' son. Um, I work as... Just assistant, as well as um, the podcast video editor. So I recently took that role um, this fall. And so I will be the one putting this together for you guys. Also, and you're, type six. There you go. Yep. Type Social six. six. Yeah. Yep. And Libby, tell us about you. Hi, I am Libby McCord, their daughter. I'm also the social media manager here at YAC. So you've probably seen me on Instagram or Pinterest, or Facebook, or any of the social medias. Um, and I am a type two. I fluctuate between both wings, obviously, but I definitely use my three wing a lot. Great. Libby, I, I don't know if I want to highlight it too much, but I, I just this is more of a request of our audience. Um, when I make a reel versus when you make a reel for <laughs> Instagram, um, people seem a lot more entertained by you than they do me. I would think 
So I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, I you, mean, do I'm you, a, do you I'm want a, to know? I'm, I'm a fun guy. Do you want to know? Do we really want to? I'm thoughtful. <laughs> Gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> Well, last night, Libby was over with her new husband, Mark, and we watched Encanto once again because I really wanted to dive into it, but I'm sure the rest of the team has also seen it recently. And so we just kind of wanted to kind of pull apart what maybe the characters' types are. They do a pretty good job. I wouldn't say an excellent job, but a pretty good job representing most of the Enneagram types, not all of them. Um, And then some characters are actually kind of underdeveloped, so it's a little hard to say specifically if we think we know their type or not. And we'll, we might highlight them just in general, but we thought it would be fun just to have a discussion. And what you're going to see is actually the reason you shouldn't <laughs> type other people because we don't know them and their inner world. And everything about your Enneagram type has to do with why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways, your core motivations. And I know mine, but I don't know Jeff's unless I've asked him and he tells me. So you're going to see how we're going to disagree at times at what types we think the characters are. And that should be just clearly let you know why you shouldn't type people because you could be wrong. And then you're going to base the way you relate to them on that um, ill-informed information, which can actually harm your relationship. So it's always best to hold things loosely with people until they type themselves. So where do we want to start? Which character? Well, I'd love to hear first. What were everybody's initial impressions of the movie? Like what caught your heart when you watched the movie? For me, I love seeing Maribel and her uh, transition um, as a nine and just seeing, um, or at least what we would think might be a nine, of how the family is really telling her, like, oh, because you don't have one of the gifts, your presence and your voice doesn't matter. Let the people with the gifts take care of stuff. And sadly, for a lot of type nines, Um, That's the story of their life is they have tremendous gifts that people are really um, accepting and thankful for, but they don't realize it. And therefore they don't vocalize it to other nines. So how many times people come up to nines and share their problems, uh, how they feel comfortable and safe around nines, how they feel understood, um, how the softness of a nine um, allows them to say uh, tough things, but in a soft and tender way. Um, and to see to see Mirabelle kind of use more of her parts, like her wings, um, you know, using the eight, um, using the six uh, for courage, um, and also like relational connection, um, and seeing herself really start to believe that she does have a voice. She does matter to the family um, and using those uh, gifts of a nine and being able to understand everyone is just really cool to see over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. Abby, I remember you mentioning that you really appreciated the movie. What was it that, that captured your heart? Yeah. So when I first watched the movie, I didn't watch it from the perspective of trying to type or, or mm-hmm. engaging with the type, I you really mean you, resonated. You actually function in life without using the Enneagram <laughs> at every moment? How dare you? Shocking. Okay. I know. <laughs> um, I'm so blasphemous. 
Um, when it came to the storyline of Maribel, I really resonated with her story. And so for me, like I, cause I remember we came back as a team shortly after the movie first, um, came out and, and everybody was kind of typing and I was like, Oh, she's obviously a six. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, huh? And I was like, well, I think she's, a, I, I feel <laughs> like I resonate with her. Like she makes sense to me. I can relate to her. Um, but then the more I thought about it from like, okay, what characteristics tend to, um, manifest in each mm-hmm. type? I recognize that Maribel would absolutely fall into the nine category. It's just her storyline felt similar to yeah. and was relatable to my own backstory. Yeah. So, mm. and it's, as a I bet six, that Rose really I, special too to resonate with her story. Oh, for sure. Like it, it was not, well, I mean, I'm shockingly Brown. And so <laughs> as, <laughs> you know, just seeing that more and more in, in, um, in media that, that there's more diversity intentionally being, included into not just you know the characters backstory or the the background characters but as a main character seeing yourself in that is really exciting like Mm -hmm. I remember the first time my kids watched Moana and you know I'm not Pacific Islander but the darker skin and and the the thick black hair like my kids resonated with that and so for me that was kind of like my first time really resonating with someone racially but that's not what we're here to talk about um <laughs> <laughs> no but i think that's i think that's an important you know point to the movie you know mm-hmm. that you know because you know i know for myself i've always had movies you know in america to relate to and so i love that viewpoint that you're giving there mm-hmm. bethy what about you i Finally, there's a movie about a type nine as the main character. <laughs> yeah. There are other ones. <laughs> Runaway Bride. <laughs> she starts listing them all. Um, no, yeah, I I deeply resonated with uh, Mirabelle. And, um, you know, it's interesting because, like, you know, in the song that she was singing is, you know, she said, I will stand on the side as you shine. And at first she was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll stand on the side as you shine. And then you hear her saying, but I'm not fine. I'm not fine. I want to have a special gift. I want a voice. I know I can contribute. And I just feel like that's a lot, you know, my story is the messages inside my head will say, I don't have a voice or my presence doesn't matter. Whether other people believe that or not, that's that's my type speaking, my less healthy misaligned type. And then I will try to drown out my own voice or think that others won't really want it. And I'll just make everyone else shine, like you and your career. Like, oh, I'll just have you shine or my kids, you know. Um, But deep down, I'm like, but I know I have so much to offer. And that's where we as type nines need to develop ourselves in different ways, like bring out the three in us to, to develop ourselves and then to actually have the courage with the six to actually do it. And the eight to plow a path for ourselves so that we can plow a path for others. Now, she also wrestled with this kind of secret lie that maybe things were following, falling apart because of her. Did it? Did you ever feel that way as a nine? Like if, if you could, you're not able to make everybody happy and things can't be happy unless you can make them happy. Oh, 100% all the time. <laughs> Literally all the time. Like, I mean, that is like at the core of 
I am trying to accommodate. I'm trying to go along to get along. I'm looking at everyone else's uh, desires, agendas, wants, needs, and trying to move towards it, trying to accommodate and help. And if they come back with they're dissatisfied, they're unhappy, they are discouraged, they think it's not good enough, whatever it might be, then I blame myself. And I didn't do it good enough. And if I were a better person or a better wife or a better mom, a better boss, I would have done that better. And therefore, since I can't, I should just disappear and go away. (laughs) And that's what you see with her on several occasions. She'll try to muster up a lot of courage, like, oh, I think I've got it. I think I know how to fix this, or I know how to help the family. And then she moves in it, and then you see her totally discouraged, especially when she goes and grabs the candle when it's almost out. And she's got it, and then it snuffs out. And she's like, it actually is because of me. I'm the problem. And that's when she vanishes. And I know for me that happens a lot when my the inner critic within me overtakes me and I not just hear these false messages, but I then begin to believe that it's true and then I disappear. Well, uh, Jess and Libby, so you're both type twos um, and different subtypes and all the various things. Did did you resonate with the main character, Maribel, in thinking maybe she's kind of two-like and understanding where the family's at and wanting to meet the needs of all the family members? We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom? from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening, but when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90-minute sessions, and there's eight of them. Plus, you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Yeah, so I definitely resonated with her. Every single time I watch the movie without fail, I weep. Every single time, uh, especially at that kind of beginning scene. Um, the part about Maribel that really hit home for me was this idea of rejection. So mm-hmm. within my own family, I, when I was younger, I felt kind of overlooked uh, until I realized my gift of being the helpful supporter. And once I was able to bring that to relationships and to friendships, then I felt like I had something to offer and I felt special. But I always had that fear that at any point, that would be rejected and I would go back to being uh, overlooked. So every time I see her kind of looking at everybody else having fun and she's kind of standing back, it makes me so emotional every single time. Um, mm-hmm. I also have a lot of nine in me. So I have, right. uh, I think it's, it'll be interesting to have both Libby and I on here because we're very different types twos. 
Uh, so my tri type is two nine six. And so I have a little bit of that nine naturally and within me. And well, so both your moms are type nines. And actually both your moms are Beth, just different Beths. <laughs> yes. yes. So my mom is a type nine whose name is Beth. And then my Bob it was funny when you were saying Beth. that. I'm like, does does Jessica have two moms? Or are they both named <laughs> Beth? And they're both nuts. That's the weird. way you worded it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Both Libby and Jess have yes. moms who are nines and are Beths. That's funny. <laughs> well, Libby, what about you? How did you uh, resonate with the main character? And did you see any tuness in her? I would say so. I we are definitely different twos. I believe my tri type is a 258 not 100% sure yet but I go a lot to my eight so I'm a pretty blunt and upfront too um so I didn't resonate with her as much as a character um there's another character that I resonated with a lot more but I I felt her the only tuness that I felt was that her constantly being able to be there and understand people and have the words to encourage them immediately after their immense vulnerability and breakthrough um, mm -hmm. but the way I saw cause twos and nines get so confused is I saw the difference of like me and my mom of like <laughs> me as a two, like I would be going in on someone's heart and be like, Hey, you're obviously struggling. Whereas the nine kind of like was present while they were walking through it. And she pushed mm -hmm. a tiny bit, but not as much as I think I would, if I could tell someone mm -hmm. was struggling, cause I would have already known they were struggling. And I feel like she was there and then realized they were struggling and was there for them and their vulnerability. Um, so that's mm -hmm. what kind of helped me see that she was more of a nine. And that's why I didn't really resonate as much. Um, but I definitely do agree with where Jessica was coming from. Because there's definitely like themes of being mm -hmm. willing to be in the background a lot more and feeling like the only way she is helpful to the family is to help when everyone else needs to be out front and center and doing their thing. So. Well, and I will say that I think, you know, Mirabelle is a social nine. And so cause some people might be listening going, she's a nine, but she's like, so like into all the people's lives and trying to, you know, let's say, quote unquote, fix or help or all these things. But that's really what a social nine is all about, which is the counter type of the type nines. It looks more two-ish or three-ish in the way it displays itself. And it's very focused on the group as a whole. And that's really what she is all about. And she's trying to find her place because she wasn't given the gift or didn't understand what gift she really had. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to um, throw that out there. If I could just say one more thing about Maryville. Um, well, this is also in terms of like EIP more so than her being a nine, but seeing how the house is always helping her mm -hmm. uh, feels a lot like how we talk about being the beloved child as the spirit led self mm. that mm -hmm. we're that she was um she was using her gifting along with the power of this house mm -hmm. and you know like when she's trying to climb up to the candle it's not letting anyone else get to it except for her mm. um it makes the stairs slippery for everyone else or <laughs> shuts off things but for her, it gave all its energy. Um, and so I definitely wouldn't say it's like a one-to-one, -one, um, you know, image. But um, it does kind of, in my mind, uh, look similar to how um, the Spirit helps us to 
stay in the beloved child um, to waken us up to uh, our needs that we need to attend to. And then looking at all of the other characters as parts of us um, and how Maryville was able to learn how she has a gift to lead um, in her own way um, and to be able to do that with the strength of the magical house. Well, mm, and the thing, sorry, no, I was just going to say to that, like, and other, I've read like other fandom pages and stuff where they, they disagree with this, but my experience going through the movie at the end, when she receives, when they gave her the knob and she yeah. opens the door, that is the entire house. Like to me, that that's the gift that Maribel has, like she holds it all together. Like everybody has their room and has their specific thing, but Maribel's gift is the house is the, mm-hmm. it, it encapsulates all of them. It's keeping them all together. And so, um, which is kind a of, beautiful description of a nine because the nine yeah. sees all types perspectives and they, the joy that they bring is to bring everyone together, that everyone has a place at the table. Right. Um, and has a special voice and can encourage and affirm them. And for her to see Bruno have a table on the other side of the wall, and he's trying to be close, and we'll get to that, you know, Bruno, a little bit, that's unacceptable for nine. Everyone has a place at the table, and she's going to do her very best to bring everyone together. And that's really what you see at the end is that she's able to speak cur- courageously to her grandmother, like mm-hmm. boldly and harshly, like that eight part of her and the nine part of her combine together forces and really say, well, all of, actually all of her types really come together because I could talk about the courageous of the the six and the one being principled and wise and the three, you know, wanting to come alongside and support and encourage her grandmother, but saying you're doing this wrong. You're actually hurting everyone by trying to control and you're not seeing the beauty of everyone for who they really are just at their core. And by saying that it wakes up her grandmother. But at the same time, what I love towards the end of the movie, when her grandmother is vulnerable with her, she's able to let down that frustration and the anger and the disappointment she has in her grandmother and the pain and hear the story that her grandmother is sharing and to move into her grandmother's life with receptivity, non-judgment, and actually loving encouragement, which again is a beautiful representation. Yeah. Which is a beautiful representation of the nines to say, to be able to go, Oh, I, I empathize. I sympathize and I'm compassionate for you. And I'm able to love you right where you're at. And so with all of that, you just see, like you said, Maribel is being able to kind of gird the whole foundation of the house for everyone to stand on. Well, what character would you like to go to next? Um, let's go to the grandma. Awesome. That's what I was thinking, too. Because it, it, it does have, she has this sense to where Maribel is the, she holds all the power or is the uh, central figure. And the story's about her. Um, but as they try to figure out who's the problem, what's causing the disruption, the it's really in the grandmother's heart um, that holds it all. But that's not how they want you to think about it at first, right? right? They want you to think it's Maribel or someone else. But yeah, I mean, the grandmother, you know, Jessica, I loved your um, thought on this. And so I'd love for you, for you to kind of chime in when you watch the movie, 
without you, you said earlier before the podcast that you weren't really typing her, but you saw her as a representation of something. Can you kind of describe that? Yeah. So, um, of course, I, unlike Abby, I do type all characters when I watch shows. Um, kind of in my head. But um, this movie was slightly different because with the grandmother, like when I first saw her, I saw just the unhealthy side of our personality. So this idea that like when something bad is happening, we double down and just like get our heel in the dirt and continue to like mm-hmm. keep doing the same unhealthy part of our personality in hopes for a different outcome. Um, and then kind of at the end where she's like, oh, like this person's never going to be perfect enough. This person's never going to be strong enough. Um, and we have to kind of reevaluate um, what those gifts are. Yes, they're gifts. Every type has a gift. Uh, but mm-hmm. every type also has a struggle when they just over rely on that one main type. Um, yeah, I yeah. thought that was a really great, great thought. Well, and um, why you see and our podcast talked recently about that with self-sabotage and how Mm -hmm. doubling down in our um, core weaknesses in our unhealthy patterns and paths using the unhealthy side to these parts. um, It leads to self-sabotage and it's the opposite of what we're trying to get to. Um, But in our own head, that is the one way we have to keep trying. And I think that would be something maybe towards the end we can actually pull apart a little bit more is how did each of these characters double down on their type in an unhealthy way? And what were the ramifications before you see the transformation happen? Um, Mm -hmm. But as for the grandmother, Libby, Abby, um, and Nate, who did you kind of see her as? What type? And Jeff? I would say when we were watching it, I definitely saw her as a one. Um, and I actually saw it as like a beautiful depiction of a one because yes, you see this like uptight and critical and everyone's kind of intimidated, but I feel like by the end, you see this such a tender woman and such a loving and like, she Mm -hmm. was willing to do everything for this family, like everything. And the reason she was be- like fronting as judgmental and critical was because she was putting all this weight on herself to provide mm-hmm. for her family and to see her story of trauma with losing her husband in such a brutal way. Like she built that family from the ground up by herself with this mm-hmm. magic. And I love seeing the family so quickly see that and especially Maribel see that and welcome it and be like, we want you to know that it's not all on you and that you did do an amazing job. And so I really loved it because as much as I feel like ones just get portrayed as just like these prickly people and people Mm -hmm. don't see that like their heart and their struggle is to be good for the sake of others. Like they want the best for others and to bring beauty into other people's lives. And it really does like spring up at them. It almost feels like the house with all the cracks is very evident of like a one seeing imperfection. It's not just this like crumb on the floor. It's literally cracks Mm -hmm. in a house and the foundation is falling and she's freaking out like, oh my goodness, my family's legacy in life is going to be destroyed if I don't somehow figure out how to keep it up. Um, yeah. So Libby, I really that, loved it, the redemption arc. You captured something, a, a great principle in the use of the Enneagram. Don't judge people with a snapshot. You, you've got to wait till the movie ends. Mm-hmm. I, because you're, you're right. There, are, Everybody in the show at some point has this moment where 
There's accusation towards themselves, a, a lie that they hold about themselves. They, there's scenes of everybody over-functioning in their gift that they offer to the family. They think, there's no, I don't have anything else to offer. But there is a beauty. As a matter of fact, Maribel ends up becoming the one who inter- reinterprets everybody's beauty and what their contributions are. So that, that's a great thought, Libby. Yeah. Anyone else? Um. I would just, again, just going back to how I related to the movie, um, like culturally, the matriarch, the Latina matriarch is such a powerful figure in, um, you know, Latinx families. And so, so her representation as the grandmother, as the matriarch is so, again, very familiar and very like I absolutely resonate. I could see my mother in her. I could see my grandmother in her. I could see these very familiar, powerful women, strong women who led the family, who who did everything, like you said, Libby, who did everything they could, who sacrificed all the things for the sake of the family and for the sake of how the family um, is received by the community as a whole. Um, and I. I love that. Um, now, I absolutely, totally would say that she is a one, um, but also for the good and the bad, for for the rigidness. Um, but but there's also like a beauty as a you know as a Latina person. There's a beauty that that you are able to once you get over like the the scariness of the rigidness. There's a beauty in in the standard, right. And setting the standard and, and the expectation and knowing what to live up to. Um, and maybe that's the six in me, but there's a bit of comfort in that familiarity and that's there's, there's security in that. So, yeah. And that, and for you, especially as a six, that security of responsibility and duty, mm-hmm. you know, she's calling the family to that. Yes. Um, and you can, you can see that her struggle to call, uh, Mirabelle to that standard because what standard is she to hold to? Cause she doesn't have the gift to hold it to. Right. And so you can see kind of that frustration in her and maybe that res- maybe the resentment of the one of, well, you don't have a gift. So I don't really know what to do with you. I don't, I don't know yeah. what to call you to. Well, I almost um, wonder if, if again, if Mirabelle's gift, I, I almost feel like there was the standard set that the doors had to open inside the house. You know, yeah, and and if Maribel's gift was in 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 essence the house, yeah, it's you know, well, well, her, you know, she she didn't open her gift where it was supposed to be opened, and therefore she mm-hmm. doesn't have a gift. But mm-hmm. the reality is, her gift was there all along, right? It's just it wasn't where it was expected to be. It wasn't as obvious, yeah. And I and I think that happens a lot with nines. Their gift isn't as obvious to everyone around them, and mm-hmm. even to themselves. So why don't you talk a little bit, Beth, about the Boila being a type one and how did you see that showing up? Yeah, you know, like I, you know, wrote some things down um, and then also Lydia, our content writer, also wrote some stuff down. And, um, you know, for me, I, I saw this contr- this need to control the the narrative of the house, the narrative of the family to control the responsibility to make sure things are going to go the right way, ultimately for the protection and the preservation of the family. And so I, when I was looking at different um, articles that people had written on this movie and their characters and their types, it was interesting to see there was a lot of differing opinions on characters, which 
Um, I think it's really fun to kind of read about. Some people thought she was an eight because she's there to protect her family. And not that I disagree with that, but I think all nine types can protect the family. It's, you know, how are they going about it and doing it? And I just felt like she had a much more, um, what type ones can often be is a little bit more emotionally uh, withdrawn or kind of stoic and kind of like they're looking down kind of like from an eagle eye and being very precise. And I just kind of had, I felt like she had that feeling to her, um, which then, you know, Maribel would try to bring joy and her grandmother just wasn't, wasn't able to receive it to that level because she was so afraid that control wouldn't be there or standards. And so I think, I mean, and that's why it's fun to kind of like pull this apart because we won't really know unless we were with the grandmother to ask her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I see this fear of losing control mm-hmm. and therefore losing what they have together as a family, which ultimately ended up being the very thing that was happening. And it was uh, um, the, you see the invitation from uh, the seven mm-hmm. that they're, this was never. This was given to her as a gift. Mm-hmm. In this next season, this transition of generations and the family and the home would be a gift to her. The, yeah. the adventure, the excitement, the fantasy of it to to let go, yeah. and that there may be another way. Well, and that, yeah, at this end, what you see is her ability to have serenity. That's the the high side of one serenity to the situation and to the imperfections. So when the when the community came and rebuilt the house, but imperfectly before Maribel's doorknob went in and made it all perfect again, she was able to accept the gift of the community, accept the imperfections and how it was a blessing to have everyone contribute at their own place and level. And you see her being able to basically wrap her, her you know, heart and arms around that as a gift and as a joy and to see it as a blessing. Awesome. Well, who would you like to talk about next? All right, next, we'll just do this one, these two real briefly, is uh, Maribel's parents, um, the mom and the dad. Um, I think the dad's not a very, very well-developed character, but you can clearly see, I think, his type. Anyone want to guess? Nine. Nine. (laughs) Yeah, nine. So real quick, you know, he is just trying to be an encourager, keep the peace. He's like, he says, like, no one has to know, just act normal. Let's sweep it. You know, he's he's basically like, hey, let's sweep this under the rug. Like, let's not let anyone know. It's going to be fine. I don't quite think I understood. Why was it that he was always stung by bees? Well, I think that was representing. Yeah. That's all it was? Is it like his character is sweep it under the rug and get stung by bees? Well, yeah, because he's like positive. (laughs) And then the wife wife comes along and heals him with food, showing her type. His life is that he needs to be saved or be quiet. (laughs) Yes, basically. (laughs) You know, and so what you see is just this really positive, affirming dad, but at the same time, who's not willing to step in the gap and speak up for Maribel to the grandmother. Um, And I think that ultimately makes me sad um, for him and for her because she knows that her dad loves her, but doesn't see it in action. And that's Mm -hmm. what the nine has to move towards is right action. And that's something he's missing. Anyone else have thoughts on him? Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to be a good dad. So, okay, the mom. Away from bees. Uh, she is there and she heals people with her nurturing food. Type? Two. 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 <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> the tutus. It's kind of obvious. So yeah. Yeah. I, know I love that. You think that would be? <laughs> like, that would be phenomenal. Libby's been trying that for years with. Uh... I mean, okay, but I like actually thought about it and I was like, what if like that actually, and then I was like, oh, that would be horrible. I would never stop baking and cooking. Like I would be stuck because in my head, I'd be like, if I can heal people, I need to heal everyone. And then I was like, wow, right? I need to stop with this thought. Right. <laughs> but what's interesting is you'll see her represent a two in a very different way than another character we're going to talk about. Um, but uh, Jessica, do you resonate with this too? Yeah, I definitely resonate with her. I also see like, I'm the kind of person that you can walk all over me, but as soon as you hurt someone I care about, like that's when I'm going to step up. And that's the only time that my eight really shows mm-hmm. up. And I think we see that in the mother where she's, I think one of the only characters that really stands up to the grandmother and is like, Hey, you need to be nice to Maribel. Um, mm. Like you need to be like, this is hard on her. Um, and so that like that motherly figure and that like standing up for her kid um, that I resonated with that so much. That's good. Great. Well then we'll move on to her sister. Great. Louisa. Yeah. We'll go with Louisa. So she's super strong. And so I know that we've kind of had discussions in our YEC Slack community, and I thought this was really fun and it was really helpful um, just to hear from the two types that it could look like and how both types agree that it's not one of them, but it is just one. So basically the two types that were being floated around was type eight, a social eight and a social two. And the type eight was like, heck no, she's not an eight and here's all the reasons. And then our two said, uh, you know, oh, she's totally a two and here's why. So Libby, can you lay out because you're this kind of two more so than not um, what you saw and how you felt and seeing her care develop and kind of go through the movie? Yeah, um, it felt I mean, obviously, they're not possibly Enneagram informed when they're writing this script, but it almost felt like they were trying to portray an eight, but definitely missed into a two. Um, and the reason I say that is because there was this in like, obviously people will see an eight when they see someone who's really strong and intense and able to do whatever. And everyone gives them the brunt of what they need to do because they know that they can lead, but she also wouldn't dictate and help lead a group. It was more so that she just took everything on herself, which is a lot more of a two. Um, because I don't always think to go give something to someone else. If someone tells me to do something, it's mine and it's mine alone because I'm not going to burden someone else. Whereas on our team, Susie, who's an eight, she is the perfect person to be like having a line of people and tell them where they need to go because she knows how to lead in that way. Um, and the other thing that I saw that I think they kind of missed with a two is that and I, I, they got it a little bit where you saw her frustration when Maribel was trying to get her to say that she was stressed. But I think there would be a little bit more resentment before that breakdown, which is where you kind of start to get it muddied into being an eight. But definitely when you see her breaking down of like that pressure and she has to get it perfect and everyone gives her the things, that's definitely more a two to me. Um, it's just probably more of a two that goes to their eight to show that strength. Um, because I've felt that, and I know that there's a lot of other people I've talked to who feel the same way. Um, and this can also get muddied if you're, you know, the, the first kid in a family or in a dysfunctional of sorts family where you're put a lot of pressure to take care of your siblings or take care of your parents. But as a two, and just talking about a type, 
she just resonated a lot because for me, it does feel like there's so much pressure and it's just going to at one point going to break. And there have been times in my life where I'm just waiting. Like when is, when is that time? And nobody sees it because they just see me as strong and I'm capable and I want to do it. And I want to help. Um, but I also, yeah. And they keep asking me, but the funny thing is, is that like people will think, Oh, we want to like, we love and praise the two for what they can do, but they don't think to actually invite them into rest. They just thank them and have them move along and go help the next person. Um, but then the last thing I had talked to Susie about was I thought it was funny to think that people like thinking her of her as an eight, because I would not see an eight weeping while still doing the thing that they're weeping about. Like as a two, I would so be in tears over how overwhelmed I am while doing the exact thing that overwhelms me. Like that's so like, that's my life. Like I've done that before where I'm not, I'm still unwilling to admit that I have to stop and I will keep going until I break. And that just feels like her because she was still like grabbing the piano, sobbing, like she can't move it, but she's still trying. And I feel like as an eight, there would be a type of like either dictating at that point, like, okay, I see the break. I have my very close circle that I'm going to give things to. And they're more willing to step into that. Whereas the two has such fierce pride that it's going to take a lot more until we break. So those are my thoughts. Now, Bethy, why don't you share a little bit about that? Um, because it, it, it can be a misunderstanding of an eight. They, they do actually weep. Oh, she yeah. talks about feeling weak and vulnerable, that right. she cries sometimes too. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things that you were seeing about her being a potential eight? Yeah, I mean, like, I think all the things that you had just said, also eights, you know, they they do want to come across strong and protective and plow a path for others. So we see her doing that by gathering the goats on her shoulder and like doing all the things. Um, donkeys. And, they were donkeys. Oh, yeah, in our Slack, due. in our Slack messages, it's, Susie kept saying goats. goats. <laughs> 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 but you know, they eights really believe that they are strong enough and capable to do it. And yet, if you if you were to see her as an eight, what you would want to be looking at is that when she is vulnerable, that's actually what's going on internally for some eights, whether they're recognizing or not, that that they are weak at times, that they do have vulnerabilities, but they feel that they have to be the strong one for everyone. And so there that's why for me I can see it being a social eight or a social two, though I do agree with what my team said that it's probably more social two, but I think it gives us a picture and a glimpse into how some eights might feel um, underneath or inside. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really helpful. But I think this is a great representation of a type two, because a lot of people think twos are nines. You know, they're like, oh, twos are really quiet and they're docile. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're very strong people, very strong. And their pride goes before them. So big difference. A big difference between a two and a nine, we kind of alluded to this earlier, is that they might both see a problem. So like Maribel sees the cracks and feels there's something going on. And she's still investigating. She's still trying to figure it out, but she's not moving in to fix it. She's not grabbing the spackle and and making sure that all the cracks, she's, she's trying to figure out what's going on. How can I bring this all together? Whereas a two is like, uh, no, I'm going to fix it now. And here I come. And they're very determined and feel very confident that they know exactly what needs to take place and they're going to fix it. And that's Libby, what you were saying is just 
overconfidence and, and that pride. And where what they need is actually humility. And that humility can come in to see, oh, I can't do it all. And I'm not even asked to do it all. And I think that's what eights represent in a good way is they delegate. Um, and the twos need to learn the power of delegation so they can make sure things are done and done well and helpful for others, but that they're not at the expense of getting things done well, that they too can rest and get nurtured. And I think that that's really hard for two. Would you guys agree to have that humility to delegate? Yeah. Can I ask a question? Like yeah. to try to counter, not counter what you're saying, but to maybe look at it at a different light. Yeah. Is it possible that she is an eight who is simply unhealthy and leaning into that unhealthy two-ness? Because I don't see, I, I don't necessarily think of what Luisa is doing as prideful, at least that's not how I interpret it. Um, like when I think of the actual, the literal donkeys that she's carrying, <laughs> and I don't know if we'll have to edit this out, but it, she's carrying everyone's ass, right? She's literally yeah. carrying all the asses and it's, it's almost <laughs> like it's not, it doesn't come across to me as like pride as much as like, this is my responsibility and, yeah. and mm-hmm. other people, you know, sh- there's not necessarily anybody else rising to the occasion or, or, or offering to help. It's yeah. not, it's not that she's hoarding the work. It's just, mm-hmm. she's doing what needs to get done because sh- she's the only one left to do it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And that's why literally on our sheet, I was social eight, social two. Like, I think you could go either way. And I think if we really were able to sit down with her or the the um, writer of that mm-hmm. character, it'd be interesting to see what angle are you coming from? Is she is she scared of being rejected, unwanted, and unloved if she doesn't help? Or is she fearful of being not the protector, being blindsided, that no Mm -hmm. one else is going to be strong enough for the family and that she has to carry it all herself? And I think you could make an argument for either side. And that's where character development, um, it can be such a beautiful thing when you use the Enneagram to write. And this kind of goes back to what Nate and I or Nate was saying is that if you watch Ted Lasso, Nate was asking me the other day because he was watching it again about the character Nate. And in season one, I mean, hands down, he to me is a classic nine. But then in season two, we won't get into it for no spoiler alerts. But in season two, I'm totally perplexed because he literally his personality changes, which in the Enneagram your main type doesn't change, but it, it does in Ted Lasso. And I think they did it for the story purposes, but it really throws you off. Like this doesn't make any sense. Now people can kind of nuance it and stuff and go, oh, well, what if he's like stressed? And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't work. If you look at, if you nuance how the Enneagram really works, it it doesn't quite do it that way. And that's frustrating when a character breaks their personality script And that's what you see in Ted Lasso. Whereas I think here it's different. She's not necessarily breaking script. It's just not fully formed yet for us Mm. to fully know, are you a social eight or are you a social two? And it would be fascinating to talk to the writer and get a little bit more clarity on that. Okay, so the sister with the clouds, Pepe, that's the the mother's sister um, type. Yeah, yeah. And, And a lot of people might be going, oh, like you're just stereotype, you know, 
actually you see all the three subtypes of type four in her. You see her at times being very tenacious and withholding her emotions that then come out with clouds and storms. But you also see those clouds and storms, which is very social for like I am emoting, you're, you're seeing it all come forth. But then she does get pretty feisty with her family when something doesn't go quite right, which you can very much see a one-to-one or sexual four come out there. So I don't think there's, you know, a whole lot more. At the end of the movie, There's something though, beautiful at the end yes. to see her beauty called out. Yeah, she gets more emotionally balanced and then is able to bring forth her emotions in the way that everyone is fully blessed with, which is beautiful. Um, I'd also say there's a tiny scene at the end where they're all like dancing in the house and excited and you still see her with a rain cloud, but she's happily dancing. And I think that's just as like the perfect small snippet of a four dancing in the midst of their hard emotions. It's not that they're ignoring them, but they're like melding together the beauty of their Mm -hmm. emotions and the hardness of life. Last is uh, Mirabelle's sister or not last because we'll go to Bruno, but is Isabella. What were your guys' thoughts? Said Isabella, I see three. Um, I see three in that. It sounds like a a car game, like when you're traveling with your family. I see three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I spy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I can see uh, one and four. Um, but with a three, it's keeping up the image. Mm. Um, she hates it when she sees the, like, uh, what was it? A cactus or something, some like kind of, uh, plant with thorns, mm-hmm. uh, started coming out of the ground that she was creating. And she, um, was like, what is this? Like, it, it kind of breaks up the perception of who she is, her mm-hmm. marrying that, really great looking guy to connect the families. It's, it's about like, I have to do this because this is the image we need as a family and I'm going to keep it up myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think she really represents the uh, self-preservation three really well and, and, and the social. Well, actually all of them. Never mind. <laughs> so, you know, cause she appears perfect and poised because that's what the family was requesting of her, you know? So the three is going to shape shift to, um, to bring across the image and the achievements that the family is asking for. And she was seen as this golden, perfect child. But I don't see it so much from a ethics, moral standpoint. It was more from an image admiration standpoint. But what she does say is in the song, so much hides behind my smile. And a lot of times threes have a hard time connecting with their true identity and their true emotions because they have felt that those get in the way of appearing successful or appearing as the golden child, whatever you want, whatever the, um, the image they need to hold. But deep down is that authentic self that it's hard for them. So um, she says, uh, what could I, and so then when she sees the cactus and then all of a sudden, you know, Maribel's right there, like to say, wait, look, look at how this is beautiful too. And she's feeling encouraged to actually go there and to find and discover her true authentic self. And all of a sudden you see these different plants forming and different colors and all the things that are happening. You start to see her joy of discovering who she truly is and expressing her true self um, and just being. And that's what we really want threes 
to move towards is how can you just be you instead of shape-shifting into something? Um, in one of the songs, I believe it's actually the Bruno song, that um, that Isabella mentions that Bruno told her that she would one day, you know, get the things that she wants, like all the things that she wants and like, like the best thing's going to happen to her. And it's almost like she has to maintain the image in order to achieve that goal. It's almost like she believes that the only way to get that is to be what everyone expects her to be. When in reality, it's the exact opposite. It's for her to tap into her true self. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Last but not least is Bruno. So what type did you guys see Bruno as? Six. So sexy. Yeah. <laughs> so sexy. He's sexy yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of five-ish characteristics that I saw also come out in him for sure. But um, in talking, you know, to the family and stuff about it, I could definitely see where six resonates. So Abby, did you, uh, so I know Nate, so I'm, this is why I'm directing at you. Cause I know what Nate did. Uh, but in, in our family, when Nate would get overwhelmed with the situation, he would get quiet and disappear. Uh, and it was heartbreaking Move towards his nine. And, yep. and uh, Abby, it was this true for in, in your family life as well? Oh, a thousand percent. Yes. I was, I was very, the, when people talk about children are supposed to be seen and not heard, I was neither seen nor heard. Yeah. So, which is interesting because a lot of people would put that in the category of, let's say nine or five, right? Withdrawal. But you guys did it for what reason? Fear. <laughs> okay. Fear. And I'm assuming <laughs> what, what would be was, some of the other. I was describing to someone um, who is a six as well like why there's so much anxiety around conflict a lot of times. And I think for the six, it's, I don't know where we're going to be on the other, other end of this mm -hmm. because we're always gauging people's level of loyalness mm -hmm. and loyalty to us. And so when we think about getting into con uh, conflict, it's like, are we going to be okay after, are we going to be the same? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be as loyal to mending the brokenness of the relationship? So my heart really broke for Bruno seeing him. Like it's such a six thing that he, he was still in the house. Right. But yet he wasn't with everyone else. Like mm -hmm. I feel that like out, out I, of loyalty out of yes. commitment well, and, and just, out of love yeah, the commitment the love the um yeah just how how much we care about relationship and being close to our closest people um mm -hmm. but i can i can feel that in that you know i remember just our family getting in arguments at the kitchen table and at that moment i would have felt just like bruno I felt outside of the house mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because I felt like I needed to step away because I was going to make things worse. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I totally understand that. To accept and live in a relationship that's uncertain than it is to receive, like Nate was saying, rejection, right? So if there's a level of uncertainty and I pull away, then there's always maybe a foot in the door for reunion. 
Mm-hmm. possibly like mm-hmm. that makes sense to me whereas whereas if you know if if this escalates and then there's a sever then there's a sever yeah. and that that's terrifying yeah well there, and- I, I will say in in my own life as i think about what are the reasons why i would withdraw because i've even in adulthood i've noticed this in my life that whenever there's a trouble in an organization You've even challenged me about this. I would be the first one to say it's my fault. Yeah. Then and then remove myself from the organization, and it comes from the idea, particularly for me, and why I resonated with that character so much is that I am too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- whether it be my gifting, my insight, my anxiety, my questions, whatever it is, I'm too much. And in order for this thing to move forward, I'm going to need to remove myself. And it wasn't until I remember after seminary, a, a pastor once telling me we were leaving a church in Kansas City, uh, and we're going to. It was the day that our the leadership decided that I was going to be the one that would need to step down. And I said, I, I think I'm the reason why this church isn't growing. And he said, Hey Jeff, you're not that powerful. Mm-hmm. And it, it totally diffused this mm-hmm. this the the sixth way of getting control of life is that I can account for everything, but I'm also too much in my attempts to do it. And he says, no, 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 you're not, you're just not that influential and powerful, mm-hmm. which gave great peace to my heart. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it breaks my heart because I think sixes are so great at, um, in being restorative, you know, they see what's broken, they see what could go wrong, but they also have this love and commitment to restore things. And you see that with Bruno with trying to fix the cracks, you know, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um, and then for him to – Well, uh, you know, it, it is interesting to think about because uh, he was wanting to hide the shards. Mm-hmm. I, do you guys ever find yourself wanting to hide something that you know is to be true? As sexes? Um, uh, Abby's totally. smiling a little bit. Like it, it really can fracture your soul because mm-hmm. you're, you know something to be right, but, there's, but you there's can't – You won't say it, and it, you will shove it down. Mm-hmm. As deep as you can, your body's saying, I can't take this anymore, but you're still trying to do it emotionally. Because there's self-doubt and there's lack of trust in self. And but also, at the- well, it would perceive as disloyal if you said something. Sure. And that's what I mm-hmm. saw a lot of, like, the stereotype of sixes being able to look into all the different outcomes of something and people always seeing them as, like, these negative, pessimistic mm-hmm. people. When in reality, like, even with his sister's wedding, he could see that she was sweating. And he just pinpointed mm-hmm. that, like, hey, I see this. And she spun it into something really bad. Mm-hmm. And you see that in all these things. And so later on, he says, like, oh, but if I give you a fortune, you're going to blame me for making your goldfish disappear or whatever. And mm-hmm. you see Mirabel hold on and be like, no, 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 we're not doing that right now. We're going to keep going. Because she saw the value in what he was thinking through and said, like, that's what we need to use. And I think, yeah. like, that portraying as a six of, his, his vulnerability and wanting to step away because he's so f- like fearful of hurting someone else, but having someone say, no, that insight isn't something to be scared of. It's actually very valuable. And I'm going to hold it with honor because there's a lot mm-hmm. of times that sixes can be suppressed of like, you're just saying something negative. We just got to keep going. Or why right. do you always think worst case scenario? When in reality, he's, he helped the family immensely. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. He he held the actual future, but because no one wanted to actually look at it, because, you know, when with Maribel's image, there was the cracks, but then the restored home, you know, there mm -hmm. was the both. But people, when they saw the cracks, they wanted to dismiss it completely. Um, but then what we see at the end, and we'll kind of close this up, is that you see Bruno riding on a horse to uh, his mother, the grandmother, and his niece, Maribel, and saying, you know, I don't care what you think. This is what's true, like to his mother. Um, and of course, she had already transformed within her own heart. So then she just grabbed him and hugged him. So there wasn't any further discussion on that. But you see the courage finally rise up to mm -hmm. speak and to do uh, the courageous thing, which is to speak on her part on her behalf. And so I think that's really neat to see that at the end, that not only did he speak his truth and the courage, but you see him being restored to the family unit <clears throat> at the end. And that's where I think the whole movie comes in. And the end, it's so beautiful because they sing a song and you see them all in this healthy, aligned place with their gifts. You know, like even with, um, well, Maribel, she made the house whole and restored. But you also see even uh, Louisa with her being strong, she like holds up the plant, but the family's like, uh-uh, and they kick her into a hammock. Like, yes, we want your strength, but we also need you to rest, you know? And so you see at the end, the family enjoying and embracing everyone's giftedness, but also from a place of health and health, restoration. Yeah, because yeah. that's why Bruno runs away in the first place, right? Is because he's trying to protect uh, right. Maribel. Like, like the one snapshot that he provided mm -hmm was interpreted really negatively and so yes. so he's like i'll take the blame don't 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 let her take it mm -hmm. and so then at the end full circle when he comes back and he's like no now i'll fight for maribel yeah um, but he was self-sabotaging not only himself but her by going away right but he didn't think right. it. he didn't see it he didn't see it yeah. right yeah so we all will uh sabotage ourselves and the and go against the very thing we're wanting when we're when we aren't seeing it, when we're not willing to notice where our heart is mm -hmm. and to be able to press through and to do the hard work. But you see each of these characters uh, transition towards the yeah. end into a very beautiful state. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, th thanks guys for joining us uh, today. It was so fun having my team here, part of my team, uh, to chime in with you know their thoughts on the characters in Encanto. With, with their character, with their characters of Encanto. Um, thank you guys so much, and we'd love to hear from you. Like, what were your thoughts on the characters and their types? We didn't get through all of them, um, but I think we we covered quite a we bit. Covered the main ones. That's yeah. good. Um, and so, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it, and we will talk to you in the next episode on either Pixar or Disney characters. <laughs>